This morning is a special morning because we have things for both the grown-ups and for the kids during the teaching. And we've got some creative elements that we want to introduce, but it's really important that you all pay attention and that, and that we're quiet, okay? In fact, in just a moment, Mr. Nathan is going to come up, and Mr. Nathan is going to help us with some things. We've got some coloring sheets for you all. We're going to have some volunteers, okay? So we're going to need some volunteers in a little bit, but volunteers are only picked on how quiet they are and how well they're listening, okay? So we're going to do that in just a moment to have all of us involved. So um, this morning, I want to talk about lepers. <laughs> Not leopards, uh, but lepers. You guys know what lepers are? Yeah. Lepers? What, what are they, Kylie? They're, they're, um, they're, they're some kind of tiger. Oh, that's a leopard. But the next slide, do you, someone that has leprosy has a skin disease. Has a skin disease. And what happens with this disease is it can get all over your body and you can't feel any pain. So you stub your toe or you cut your finger, you don't feel any pain at all. And you might think, that sounds great. That sounds fantastic. The problem is, you could put your hand on a stove and you could hear a sizzle and you could smell something funny and realize, my hand is on this. And then your hand is burned and you don't know it. Or you have a cut on your leg and you don't know why you have a cut on your leg. And it's very debilitating. And I know it's a little bit hard to see, but this is sometimes what happens to people with their, and their hands. Their fingers fall off because they get infected and things like this. Now, boys and girls, it's very important for you to understand that in America, this is not a problem. So you don't have to worry about getting leprosy. Okay, we have medicine and things like that. But in other parts of the country, leprosy still exists. In fact, you know Pastor Brito, our missionary in India? He works with lepers and he tells them about Jesus. And, um, and what happens is that not only do you have your fingers and your nose and sometimes your toes fall off and you can't feel pain, people treat you poorly, especially in the country of India. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. So because of that, actually, Nathan is going to find a volunteer. Now, this is just pretend. You don't have leprosy. We're just pretending. But oftentimes, because leprosy gives you a lot of white spots all over your body, Nathan needs one volunteer who's, be, who's willing to come up and have little white dots of tape put on your body. Anybody want to be a volunteer of the kids? All right. Nathan's going to, Nathan's going to pick somebody to be our leper. Who wants to be a leper? All right. Josiah is going to be our leper today. Okay? So there's an entire chapter of our Bibles that are devoted in the Old Testament long ago what you do when you have leprosy. Very serious, actually. Actually, the two whole chapters of our inspired Word of God that talks about what you do in the Old Testament when someone has leprosy. Careful instructions. And they were to go to the priest. The priest was a spiritual leader on one side and also a a hygiene expert on the other. Okay? This is what it says in Leviticus 13. Anyone with such a defiling skin disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, and cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. And they must live alone, and they must live outside of the camp. Okay? So here's the deal. Can we, can we mess up Josiah's hair? Because it says... Can you do that? Yeah. Can we, can we mess it up? Because it says your hair must be unkept. Okay? 
Now, Josiah, can you lift up your sweater and cover the lower part of your face? Because it says that's what you're supposed to do. There you go. And can you yell out, unclean, unclean? That's right. And the other thing it says is that you couldn't live with other people. You had to live outside of the camp. So Nathan is going to take you outside of the camp right now. You've got to go somewhere else. Because we don't want to be near a leper. We might get leprosy. Now, as if having the disease wasn't bad enough, physically, this idea of living alone, excluded from people, even people that they loved, they had to go live with other lepers in a terrible place called a leper colony. Just people that had leprosy had to live there. Terrible, terrible conditions. Lonely, isolated, scorned, cut off from the community, from the people you love. You were never touched. Even if you were, obviously you wouldn't feel it, but even just having someone to hug you. I bet all of you boys and girls are hugged at least once a day, probably multiple times a day. But a leper is not allowed to touch or be touched by anybody ever. It would be sad, wouldn't it? It would be really sad. Now, if by some chance you believed that you didn't have leprosy anymore, there was a process that you actually went to to be restored to the community. You couldn't just go back to your family. You had to go to the priest, the spiritual leader and the hygiene expert there in the Old Testament. And the priest had that authority to inspect you, to see if you were okay, and then to welcome you back in the community if he thought you were done with your leprosy. And this is what it says in Leviticus 14. The Lord said to Moses, These are the regulations for any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing when they are brought to the priest. The priest is to go outside of the camp and to examine them. If they have been healed of their defiling skin disease, the the priest shall order that two live clean birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop be brought for the people to be cleansed. Then the priest shall order that one of the birds be killed over fresh water in a clay pot. It's kind of really uniquely detailed, isn't it? He is then to take the live bird and dip it together with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop into the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. Seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the defiling disease and then pronounce them clean. After that, he is to release the live bird in the open fields. The person to be cleansed must, must wash their clothes, shave off all of their hair, and bathe with water. Then they will be ceremonially clean. After this, they may come into the camp, but they must stay outside the tent for seven days. Seven days. So we're going to share a couple more things, but Nathan's going to pass out some, some, uh, some coloring uh, projects for you all and some crayons. So you guys, as, you, as I'm talking to the adults, you all can, can color um, lepers and what Jesus did with lepers, which we're going to read about in just a second. But notice the process in the Old Testament. Notice all they had to go through. You couldn't say, hey, I think I'm clean. And he, Okay, yeah, you can go. The priest goes outside to the leper colony. Then there's this detailed sacrifice. Two birds are brought in. One is sacrificed, one is released. Dipped in blood, sprinkled blood seven times. You wash your clothes, you shave off all of your hair, you bathe with water, and you stay outside of your home for seven days. Then, at that time, you can enter in. Now, we're not going to do all of those steps, but we thought it might be fun to do some of those steps. 
So I'm going to invite up a leper by the name of Jay Avery, and Jay's going to come up, and I'm going to invite up a priest in Steve High, so Priest Steve. And so if Steve were to go inspect Jay, there were several things he needed to do, but one of those things is he would need to shave his head. So we thought it might be fun to actually do that. So our leper, Jay, is going to have his head shaved bald, just like would be constituted in Leviticus 14. Okay? So we're going we're to start that process here with the shaving. And while that's going on, I'm going to invite Hope Durr up, and Hope is going to be our reader of the passage in Luke 17. Okay? So while that's getting while it, whoops while that's getting ready, Hope's going to read. So I want to encourage you to turn to Luke 17 verses 11 through 19 as Hope reads for us. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men met him. They had a skating boots. They were standing close by, and they called out in a loud voice. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus saw them and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. While they were on their way, they were healed. When one of them saw that he was healed, he came back. He praised God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Weren't all ten healed? Where are the other nine? Didn't anyone else return to your praise for God except this outsider? Then Jesus said to him, Get up and go. Your faith has healed you. Great. Thank you, Hope. That was fantastic reading. Yeah, great job. So Jesus encounters these ten lepers that from afar, right, they couldn't get close, were yelling out, Do something for me. Master, Jesus, do something. Right Now let's look at some of the details in here because it's very important. We've probably read this story a handful of times if we've grown up in church, but there are some details here that we miss if we read this too quickly. Okay, In verse 14 it says, Go show yourselves to the priest. And it says, And as they went, they were cleansed. In other words, when Jesus says go to the priest, they still have leprosy. You don't go to a priest unless you've got a pretty good thought that you are cured from your leprosy. Nothing's changed. You look exactly the same. And you and this Master Jesus says, I want you to go. But wait. Just go. But I'm still... And he's... The, the lepers are thinking. They're on their way thinking, my goodness. Wait a second. You mean... I've got to get some pigeons together... My head's going to get shaved. I'm going to have to wash my clothes. They only went to the, you only went to the priest if you were clean. And yet they had to trust in their uncleanliness something would change. And when they were physically healed, something else happened, right? They were restored back to the community relationally. See, when we... This, this is a really important detail for us to understand. Every one of us are spiritual lepers. 
unable to feel the deadening effects of sin and were cast out of the community with no hope and said, you go live over there, you're not allowed to be in this community until Jesus decides to come and restore us, not just physically, but even relationally, back to the community. That's the story of the Gospel. That's what happens. When we come saying, I'm a leper and I need help and I can't leave this community until someone comes to my community, rescues me, and brings me back to the community I long to be a part of. That's the good news in this. And only one came back to say thanks. And we're told that he was not only a leper, but he was a Samaritan. The one that no one ever thought. When you read Samaritan, read Al-Qaeda member, ISIS member. What's the worst kind of category of person, that's a Samaritan in the ears of a Jew. So think of an ISIS member with leprosy that's the only one to come back and the other nine Sunday school attending, VBS attending people who were restored did not. And Jesus responds with three questions. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Is no one found to return and give thanks to God except for this foreigner. So as we look at Jay, which, Jay, you're looking pretty good over there. Nicely done, Steve High. You're a good priest. So let me ask you this question. Of the ten lepers, which are you? Or maybe... Maybe even asking, am I willing to admit that I actually am a leper? (laughs) Healing only happens when we actually admit we have a problem. Are there areas where you need to return to say thanks for what God's done for you? Not just because it's Thanksgiving weekend, but because of how blessed we are as a people of God, even in the midst of difficulty. And I know many of you are going through difficult times right now. That's the good news of the Gospel. That's why we celebrate communion. That's why Advent has power. Because we're lepers waiting for someone to come and heal us. Now we cannot honor God with an ungrateful heart. Do you realize that? Worship is never acceptable if it's not rooted in gratitude. We cannot worship God with a spirit of entitlement, resentment, or a lack of thankfulness. It's impossible. You know, there are a lot of thankful hearts here at Renew. When I think of the the people that embody gratitude, I think of Doug Moister Sr. Every time I'm around, he said, there's so much to be thankful for, Jr. There's so much. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so thankful for that. Another one is Denise Hall. One of the first things that she said up here, speaking into the mic, was, thank you all for joining with us here this morning. She wells up with gratitude, and she expresses that to other people. Kent Gerhardt, Sharon Del Pinto, I think there are others that when I think of them, I think of gratitude welling up inside of them. I want to read something for, for you kids. Alright, have you, have you ever heard of this? Jesus Calling? This is a devotional that Carter and Bennett, uh, uh, we've started to read before bed. And this is what it says. This was a few days ago. We read this earlier this week, and it relates to this idea of gratitude, what we're thankful for. 
Alright? In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says this, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. Never stop praying. How is that even possible? Jesus says, Try thanking Me for every blessing you encounter in your day. Not just your meals or when you do well on a test, but when you wake up and when you finish a class and when you see your friends and even in the midst of troubles and challenges. If you're serious about learning to pray at all times, then thank me in every situation. Don't get hung up on saying just the right words. Prayer doesn't have to be fancy or formal. Just a thank you, God, is sufficient. And mean it. This is a great starting point for all other prayers too. When you're caught up in thanking me, Jesus says, you don't have time for worrying or complaining. And this will make you much happier. You will be training your mind to keep talking with me, Jesus says. And that's really what never stop praying is all about. Do you realize that medical research shows us that if you just sat down and you just wrote out three things that you're thankful for every day, (laughs) the chances of you being healthy over the longevity, over the, the, the length of your life, increases dramatically. Even if you took a sheet of paper, scribbled it, crumpled up that sheet of paper and threw it away every day. There's something about a grateful heart that medically, physically, does something good for us. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that God cares so much about our desire to be grateful. So I want you to take out those corn kernels that you got. Hopefully you haven't eaten them by now. Now this is a, some of you know this, we've done this at Renew before, but this is a, a tradition that uh, the Briggs family, we've done since as long as I can remember, every Thanksgiving, at the top of our place setting are five kernels of corn. And the story goes, I don't know if this is true or not, but this was the story that we were told growing up, that sometimes the, the, in that first winter there among the, the pilgrims, that it was so harsh that oftentimes there was so little food that you didn't have a corn cob, you were only given five kernels of corn to eat for a meal. And yet they still were able to stop and be thankful even for those five. So one of the things that we do is after Thanksgiving, um, uh, the meal is done, but before the, uh, the dessert, we, uh, we actually go around with each of the five and we take them and we place them in front of us and we go around five different times, each person saying one thing that they're thankful for. And it takes a little while. And it brings smiles and tears and we're just a way to be thankful for whatever you want. And uh, it's a beautiful expression. And we've done this a few times here at Renew as well. And so here's what I'd like for us to do for just a few minutes. So kids, you're more than welcome to draw uh, uh, on the front side where you've been drawing. Or you can flip it over on the back side and you can draw something that you're really thankful for. Or you can even write down, if you know your letters and your words, you can write down five things that you're thankful for. Okay? And you maybe can share it with a mom or a dad. And, and all, all the rest of us, uh, I want you to get in groups of three or four and just take a moment uh, to think about it, but then acknowledge five things that you're thankful for. And just say, thanks God, at the end of that time. So let's just do that now for a couple minutes. It can be grandiose or nice and simple. But 
let's let's acknowledge to two or three people around us uh, some things that we're thankful for. Okay? Ready? Go. Well, we can think of nothing better to do as we have a heart and a spirit of gratitude than to actually take communion. You may not know this, but some people call this the Eucharist. The word Eucharist means the great thanksgiving. Knowing that we can't partake in communion appropriately if we have anything less than a grateful spirit for what God's done for us through His Son Jesus. So, more than the Thursday turkey dinner we just celebrated, this was the original Thanksgiving. The Eucharist. Eucharisto. That we come with grateful spirits. So here's what we've done. We've just created a little bowl here. And we would like for you all, when we take communion in just a moment, and by the way, the only thing that we ask is that you come with a grateful spirit and saying, I am not perfect. Regardless of where you're at, you're welcome here at the table. If you're here to receive grace and mercy from Jesus, we welcome you. We invite you. And so this, this is here. And we would just ask that as we have servers that are up here that will be serving you, that you would just think through each one of those five and feel free to take your time. Don't just come in and dump them in. But place your five in there. Thank God. Make it a prayer. We know we could have more than five, but allow that to be the grateful spirit and the heart that we come with. So here's what we're going to do. Kids, just... And you've done a great job today, kids, by the way. So here's what we're going to do. Would you take your moms and dads and would you return to your seats just so we can have a little bit more room as we come to the communion table? And then uh, we're going to sing some more. So we're going to we're going to take communion in just a moment. But we remember what God has done for us. That is okay. We remember what God has done for us. We remember the sacrifice that He's made. We remember that we are spiritual lepers. We remember that we have been cast out without hope outside of the community. So let me pray for us as we prepare our hearts for communion. God, thanks so much for the opportunity that we have to celebrate with gratitude. We think of these ten lepers and we would just ask that we would be like the one that even a Samaritan, a Samaritan leper, that even if the Samaritan were clean, it would be bad enough. But a Samaritan leper, and if a Samaritan leper can receive grace and mercy from you, then there's nobody in this room that won't be able to receive grace and mercy from you. So God, we thank you, and we would ask that our, our hearts would be uh, brimming over with gratitude, not just because it's Thanksgiving weekend, but as we slide into this Advent season of waiting and preparing and being grateful. And it's with that that we pray. Amen. Amen.